0: guys, I'm Trent Gillery. And my name's Liam Craver. And this is the Food Bar Podcast. We're two developers who like talking about technology, and that's what we do here. So, uh, let's jump in. So, I started uh, making some
1: devlogs, and uh, it's trying to show off what I do uh, development-wise every single day. And Trent also recently got yeah. some interesting... Yeah, I
0: got sucked in. So, yeah, Liam, I just brought this up right before we started recording. That's why he's um, talking about it. But like started with one devlog <laughs> about the progress of this game you're making. Yes. Right. You're making a game, huh? Yes,
1: I oh. have been making game
0: <laughs> for like five years, three, <laughs> five years. And it's not game. even that difficult. It's literally cubes. There's more to it than that. There's more. To that. At least at least your devlogs are a little bit more respectable than my vlogs. So, yeah, we were talking about how trans inspiration
1: is uh, YouTube vloggers that make it look like they don't really care, like they're super chill about it. And you just know that they have
0: to care in order to make it look that good. So
1: it's kind of like...
0: But they're so good at making it look yeah. like it's nothing. They're like, yeah, this is just my day. Just... Slap down my camera. We're yeah. recording. Not at all. I did one day. It was two days ago. <laughs> I recorded my day, and it was, first of all, a pain. And second of all, it doesn't even look good.
1: I I th- mean, mine doesn't look good either.
0: At least you have purpose. Anyway, enough of that. Maybe at least. Purpose.
1: P- that sounds really depressing. Yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe. <laughs> does, this, does this podcast have more purpose than our vlogs? Yes. Yeah, yes. It yeah, does. Yeah, it, does. it does. 100%. We have a set goal. 80%. Okay. Cool. Well, let's, let's jump in here. We got two topics chosen. Yep. Today we're going to be talking about, first of all, uh, native apps versus web apps, kind of pros and cons of each, but also, like, is there a definitive way to go? And also, Liam, you got something too for us.
1: Yeah. I wanted to talk about different, like, how data just doesn't really stick around any longer. Like, there's obviously, I'm
0: going to get into it, but. Yeah. Anyway, I'll talk yeah. about it a little bit more. Yeah. Data can be short lived. Yes. As opposed to in the past. Not only on little the hardware side, but also just software wise. Yeah. Right. So yeah, let's let's jump. Let's start with the uh, type of apps then. So, native apps versus web apps. What are, what are your first thoughts? Well, so this is pretty new because,
1: uh, probably, really until. 2000, I mean, it was pretty much when React came out and Chrome OS that people really started realizing that web apps could potentially replace a lot of desktop apps. And so it wasn't really until that started happening, specifically Chrome OS, I would say, uh, that people really started getting interested in it. And now uh, it's kind of doing a flip, right? Because now you can actually make web apps into desktop apps, which I think is really funny. So it's gone both ways because I think part of it is that the web is so accessible and easy to develop for that. You can really skip over a lot of the annoyances that you have with native app development by using these platforms and which there are many. And the other thing is if you make it for the web, you have it on the web, you have it on the desktop. Now you can have it on apps uh, or rather as apps. So it's really just, it's very versatile. And so I really see it becoming more and more of a staple in the next few years.
0: Right. So for me, the first warning sign, I remember whenever I first saw the first, they were on, they were like a native app. You download it from the app store, but it was clear it was made with Uh, with web stuff. What was that called? It was like Cordova. Well, there's
1: that one. There's another one.
0: Uh, it was really popular. Oh, there's one that has the word tap in it. No. Yeah, there's that one. And, ah, shoot. I'm, f- I'm forgetting all of them. Yeah, point is no there was a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. But I remember when they were first getting on the App Store, these ones that looked everything like a native app, before you downloaded it, the screenshots, everything. It's like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. You download it, it performs poorly. Yeah. performs pretty bad. Phone the gap. The phone gap. That's, that's, that's the thinking. one that I was thinking. That's why yeah, I said it had the word yeah, yeah. tap in it. I don't, I don't know why I was thinking that. Um. But, yeah, so there was that one. I remember trying to use that. But the biggest problem is you can tell whenever something is made from the web. It just yeah. doesn't, at least in the past. It's changing now. It's changing now. But in the past, if you went web, sure, you would have everything everywhere. You'd make it for the web, and you could port it to Android and iOS and Windows Phone. and <laughs> <laughs> But you could have it supported everywhere, but then it just performed poorly on all those places. Yeah,
1: it was pretty much
0: like, yeah, it was versatile, but no one liked it. So there was no point. Right. So now that's changing, like you said, with React. I've seen, so I was checking out, it may have been React. It might have been one of the smaller ones. And it looked really promising. And they said, here's some apps that use Maybe, oh, yeah. in Cordoba. maybe in Cordova maybe in Cordova no, no? I, I know what you're talking about though anyways like here's some apps that use our platform I was like huh let me go it was Google's check. one oh yeah Google yeah one. yeah I was like hmm I don't trust this let me go see <laughs> if I can spot the uh, the problems but I downloaded one of the apps and man it worked perfectly yeah. it felt completely native
1: the the biggest thing that it doesn't do at the moment it seems is Like, yeah, it feels native, but the theming, because it's web-themed, can be completely different from, like, specifically if you uh, develop the, like, web app for native on both Android and iPhone, you really get this bizarro sort of, uh, does it really fit, like, with the theme of iPhone or iOS and Android? I know what you're talking about. and there's, so there's, the, I mean, there's already native apps that do that, or have that problem. So it's, well, how about, how about you get, I know what you're talking about, but yeah. get some
0: context because we, you, you raked like about snapshot this. Or, wow. Snap. Snapshot. <laughs> Welcome to the new app by Snap Inc. Oh my God. <laughs> Snapchat, right? Yeah, Snapchat.
1: <laughs> Specifically, that Facebook is also pretty bad about it. Um, so I, I thought
0: you were actually talking about something different. So which for one, one, well, no, not a specific one, but if you follow the guidelines of iOS mm-hmm. and then you try to make it look the same in Android, yeah, you, then you're not following the guidelines of Android.
1: Well, okay, this is a slight tangent, yeah, but recently, I say recently, it's been over a year now at this point. Android actually added into their specs a bottom bar, a bottom button bar.
0: Which is right. like the tab, just, like the tab bar in iOS. Yes,
1: it's exa- it's literally the exact same thing. It's to make developers happy, but from a usability standpoint, it's ludicrous. It's absolutely stupid. Absolutely ludicrous on Android. No, really, because you ha- already have a like on Android. There's buttons at the bottom that are not physical buttons. Right, and so they're on the screen. So you have these double stacked buttons, mm-hmm. which just make it look ugly, and it also just makes it kind of feel cramped down there, as well as you'll accidentally click stuff all the time. Right. So it didn't make any sense. But the problem is developers want it because it's simpler to do it that way. So, I mean, it makes sense from a developer standpoint. From a usability standpoint, it's kind of obnoxious.
0: Yeah, for anyone listening, uh, so that was a very quick um, shortened version of what Liam was ranting about for like two months straight whenever it first yeah, happened. Yeah, I was about to say, I was really pissed. Yeah, you really, really aggravated about that for some I get it, though. It Mostly because
1: I was worried that it would be a slippery slope.
0: And what, that we start stacking more buttons on
1: top of it? (laughs) No, like, well, so another key feature about Android that I've always loved is the fact that whenever you have a sort of, uh, what would you call that, like an accordion view almost? Like a drop-down menu? What do you mean? No, like when you have multiple views that are, like a tabbed view. Yeah, a tabbed view is more what I was thinking. okay. And one of the key features is you can always swipe between them. I love that. Because it made it so you could really easily navigate
0: the interface. You don't have to stretch your fingers anywhere. You just swipe across the screen. Exactly.
1: So you don't have to click the buttons. I loved it. Absolutely loved that fact of Android. However, the problem is is since they've started uh, sort of approaching it like iOS in some regards, that's actually been disappearing. And it's been really annoying to me because they'll still have the tabbed look but without the functionality of the swiping, which basically makes it less usable.
0: Right. And I've been annoyed by that, too, because yeah. that happens. So, iPhone, no, we're going to get back to the topic here. This actually brings it back to it. Yeah. The thing is, between iPhone and Android, there's already a lot of discrepancies in design choices. And you were saying that with web, you have this kind of web view, not a web view, but what looks like a website or might not follow exactly the design styles of iOS or Android, now you have that on both. But I would say today, there are a lot of non-standard designs finding their way into apps. Snapchat's a perfect example. Finding their way into apps regardless of Um, either platform and snap snap isn't even web you know but they're still yeah 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 and there's a lot of stuff like that breaking rules oh Oh man getting to that Matthew is impossible yeah it's kind of you don't even there's no no visual cues stupid Um, it's almost like a secret people still show me snap features that i've never seen anyway there's that's already being done it's so. so
1: funny that it's so popular because of how obtuse the interface is
0: like the ux of snapchat is genuinely terrible I like the the main view they started with, the first view, the list view.
1: Yeah, but then they had to keep
0: adding stuff. Because it was great. You had the list view, yeah. swipe over, take a photo. That's it. Yeah. But now, <laughs> you have this visual map of... The middle, fo- the middle screen, left, up, right, and zoom out. Yeah, you have It's all like those. I'm entering a Konami code.
1: I'm just <laughs> swiping all over the place. Oh. You do you not know what a Konami. I don't code? know what that is. Uh, up, up, down, down. Oh, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like a cheat <laughs> just, for like yeah. Woo, you got to unlock that. Swiping the, around everywhere. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. But, anyway, but yeah, yeah. So anyway, so we have that problem with web. I guess then it's not a web. It's not a problem introduced with. No, web pro, web it's just something can
1: facilitate it to be worse.
0: Yeah, you you kind of are admitting you're, you're starting off with the that fact is, that you're not going to be doing anything standard, yeah, like a disadvantage. I mean, you could though, you can code web to look like material design. They have, I know they have CSS stuff for material, and I yeah. know there's some people working on mimicking iOS's UI kit, yeah. With css and there so you are can there's several projects so there are ways to do it but that's kind of ridiculous now you're doing unique things for both platforms again um yeah but the underlying code is the same
1: because right. here's the thing you don't have to like rewrite the javascript for the most part right you just need to switch out the css and like yeah i mean that's still annoying but it's way better than having to write swift and like what is it uh Kotlin now yeah Or java you can still use well, java yeah,
0: but I mean, I'm pretty sure 95% of apps are still with Java, huh? I mean, who knows? Yeah. that was. I mean, that was it's, it's probably fake, fake statistic. Yeah, fake was, news. Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah.
0: Okay, so one problem then is the style of it. And we already addressed what used to be a problem was performance, mm-hmm. which is it's no longer, I think. Not really. No. Not really an issue because most things are pretty straightforward. It's just a list view. And probably an app that is a coupon app, because that's every app now. (laughs) We were We're were joking about about that the other day. Um, So the other problem then, or this isn't a problem, but it's about the the design of it. I guess then, since the norm is becoming the fact that you don't really follow the norms, Mm -hmm. you kind of make it look however you want. In a way, that's a pro rather than a con for web-based apps, because you start off and... Your app's going to look the same in both places regardless. And you don't have to worry about it.
1: Uh, I don't know. So in
0: one way, you could view it as it's it's facilitating it, breaking the rules. And the other way, it's not really a rule. And it's just easier to make them look the same. The
1: problem is, though, again, it kind of all goes back to that, like, um, what do you call it? Sort of, like, ecosystem that each app store has. Right. and it's just becomes less identifiable and so you can't like maybe for example on android it now there's a standard where every single material design app that has a pullout menu like a sidebar menu always you pull from the left side of the screen to pull out from the left Wait, they're making that a standard no it's been a standard for okay. ages so uh like on uh inbox for example you pull it out to the left it's always on the left right like the, oh the yeah on. google of course yeah Twitter, first yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all that sort of stuff um and the problem is so that was actually a standard and now they've actually gotten rid of that um completely well, pretty much because they said oh you don't actually need this because it used to be that the that would be like the only way like that would be the way you have settings in your app but now they've if you notice a lot of apps have gone away from that. like Tumblr, for example, doesn't use that. They use tab buttons at the bottom. I think no, they might be at the top still. but Tumblr honestly, they, they have been jumping around like crazy the last few years. But point is um, like uh, Facebook also, for example, does not have that pull out to the left. But the thing is, if you were to randomly introduce an app that's like, oh no, you pull out from the right. That would be confusing. That would muddy the entire UX experience of that platform. And so that's dumb, right? <laughs> I mean, to be completely blunt. And so I'm just really worried that uh, that's going to end up happening is that if there's no standard set for these web apps, that potentially the UX could just become the, the thing is you, you want to be different enough. Like you want to give them enough creative freedom that their app looks interesting, but at the same time rope them in enough that their app is Coherent,
0: right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You brought up a good point. Actually, I didn't think about beforehand. You said that you, you got to rope them in, and yeah. I guess the thing with web is, if you're gonna make a menu that pulls out from the left or the right, they're just as easy to do yeah. either way. Whereas when you're working with built-in features introduced by you know Android mm-hmm. or iPhone. Something as simple as switching something from the left to the right, if that's native, built in, that can be a pain. Yeah, especially so if they
1: want you to use the left one. Exactly.
0: So you're really forced to, like, I couldn't imagine, oh, man, you probably could do this, but it'd be, this might be easy, but it'd be silly to move the tab bar on iPhone from the bottom to the top. You probably could do it. You probably, It's probably pretty easy, actually, that example, yeah. but I remember I've tried to do the menu thing before. I tried to, I tried to implement swiping menus like Mm -hmm. on Android into iOS and I had to jump through a lot of hoops. I mean, there was plenty of projects on GitHub that like already did it, but the amount of code required versus using the built-in was just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't work as good as Android, of course.
1: Yeah. So the, um, the really funny part about that is I'm kind of pulling from some of these examples from an app i recently just was looking at because a friend works on it avatar nutrition they just released their app and uh it was funny because i was looking over the web app because they're using react native for the android and ios apps but they also have an actual web app and they're two different code bases so they're not similar whatsoever and the web app there's a menu button when I when he gave me the like preview build of it, the mini button is over on the left, and when you click it, the menu actually comes out from the right. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like it actually. The first few times I clicked on it, I thought it was opening up a different tab. That's I really, was so confused. That's really confusing. Um, and so that's the sort of stuff. And and here's the thing, he knew that it was a problem, but for some reason, the 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 tool or whatever they were using to do this. Didn't allow them to very easily switch it, right? And so because of that, they just left it, which is fine. They can get to it later. I, again, this was the first release of the app. It's fine, right? But it was it's that sort of stuff where it's like, oh, okay, well, like we'll just do it this way because the app forces us to, or this like CSS framework. Whereas instead of there being one framework, like app like UIKit and Android. There's now you could have chosen a CSS framework from the like thousands that there are, so that's another thing is it's not like directing you to use this sort of coding style. And the other thing is, um, it also makes it so potentially it would be I could imagine it be harder for other developers to come on because you are expected to like specifically C sharp for example when you're coding a C sharp like file or program or whatever. Microsoft has outline very specific guides to the way that you're supposed to code in terms of capitalization, spacing. Right. Everything. Oh yeah. And
0: some of them are a little bit different than what I've seen, yes. but yeah, they do. But the I've idea seen. is
1: that like, you're supposed to code in a certain way. And right. obviously you can deviate from that. Yeah. They don't, they're not like the mind or thought police and they're going to like come arrest you. But hopefully not at least. Hopefully I don't know. No. I don't Microsoft.
0: know, man. Microsoft, they, they collect, they're a being lot quiet data. right now. They're yeah. kind of sitting back. I heard that one.
1: those 10 phone. Um, uh, we've already referenced that twice yeah, i know but uh
0: anyway point being though uh oh what the hell was it <laughs> yeah you're talking about how they outline all the uh the, right, the code. Right, right. right
1: yeah so because of that um ios and android obviously do that as well but web development is kind of like the wild west oh man because uh, i've seen people even with like using specifically the react framework i've seen people tackle the way that you code in react completely differently from yeah, other people. Yes. Like a crazy amount. Like I don't understand how you could do it so different. So that's another thing is that it might be potentially hard to find developers.
0: Yeah. That uh I, yeah. The other day I saw a guy who was programming in JavaScript completely functionally. And and <laughs> and I, I just—I mean, it
1: technically is a functional
0: it, right? But no one, no one. Okay, acts. I say no one. Typically, you don't treat it that way. No, I can just imagine—you know—joining <laughs> a team. They're like, "Yeah, it's all written in JavaScript. You'll be fine." It's like, then, boy, this is completely functional. <laughs> I don't—the fact that you can even do that is exactly what you're proving. Yeah, like you can do it com- so differently, confu- confuse everyone. Whereas in the native realms. It's more standard. Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, not only that, it literally directs you to a specific way of coding. It's not even like they have to tell you. Naturally, the way that the language is made, right, forces or not forces, but pushes you towards a certain sort of coding standard, right? Because, like, Swift was made for this exact purpose, right?
0: Okay, but stuff like React. Accomplishes the same thing. Yes. They. I'm thinking of like the life cycle of an app. They. They kind of box you in a big way right there. Yeah. And so unless you're writing just raw JavaScript, which a lot of people do for web apps, mm-hmm. um, then you're going to be boxed in some way. Well, of course. So, yeah. yeah. Man, I had a way to loop back around to the initial idea, but I, f- I totally forgot. Okay, no, here. So we talked about these random things, a bunch of, <laughs> and we went on tangents as yeah. Liam is accustomed to doing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so Liam if I'm a business owner and Uh, I want to build an app, all right, we need some custom software. Yeah. Should I build, no, this is going to be a trick question. Should I build a native app for iPhone and Android? Should I just focus on it? iPhone? Because you know, most people use that. Most people spend money there. Or should I make a web app? What's kind of, what should I do? All three. All three. Yeah. That results in duplicates now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean,
1: honestly, web apps are kind of like actual internet browser web apps are kind of a dying breed. Obviously, I still use them, but like, for example, YouTube, you don't go on the web app anymore. Like, obviously, you would go on YouTube, but that's like a different experience than a typical like what you think web app. And so... It's also similar, like Robinhood, for example, didn't even have a desktop app. Right. So I would say getting on like an app store, the quickest you can would be the best thing. Yeah. Regardless of the way that you do it. So doing it via web app or doing it uh, via native, it doesn't really matter. But that is way more
0: important now. No, you're you're definitely right. I guess what I meant, though. So, yes, get on the did app I store. Did I misunderstand the question? You did, but it's okay. You, you, brought, you brought up another good point. The fact that just a website per se, a powerful website, yeah. should not be the way you go. You need to be on an app store. But in the process of getting on the app store, should I build the app natively or should I use some kind of web wrapper or web? I know, think like- it's
1: whatever you have on hand. Like it, I think it really depends also because if the app is like super simple, it's almost probably easier doing native as long as you have someone on your team that can do that. Exactly, yeah. But if it's like super, super complex, and you have someone that like kind of knows native, but is way better at web development, then just go for the web development. I don't think it really matters in terms of cost though. Like, yes, you're more, so here's the thing, is web apps obviously are more specialized, uh, or sorry, whoa, uh, complete opposite. iOS developers are obviously more specialized, so they're gonna cost more. But the idea is that like you wouldn't have to build out like a CSS framework to, right. or, or like something like that for your web app yeah, uh, or for your native app rather. Jeez, I keep confusing them um, because they're just so similar. No. But uh, the iOS developer is obviously going to cost more. But I think in the long run, I, it's probably going to even out. Like it really doesn't matter if you go with web or native in terms of cost now. is what I mean, again, I'm not really basing that off a specific uh, thing that I've done. So
0: I can't really say that for certain. But 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 I I agree with you, actually, because in the end, it's up to what you can do. Yeah. And uh, sometimes that's going to be making an app uh, on the web that runs everywhere. And otherwise, you know, if you have iOS ready, handy, especially if it's a simple app, really easy to make iPhone and Android, then that's the way to go. So there still is no definite way. There's no right way to do it. No. Just choose, yeah. Choose and then build it. I was about to say the worst thing you can do, though, for sure, is
1: like just keep going and then you just decide, you know what? No, screw this. As you're like halfway done with the app, because I've seen that a lot. People switching platforms oh, midway through. No, now? not even just platforms. I just mean like toll frameworks. Like they're like, that's oh, what that's what I meant. Frameworks. Oh, okay, so. They're like, oh, React, like, that's what I want to use. And then they, like, run into, like, a bug or something. And instead of, like, overcoming it, they're like, screw it. Or they, they're like, you know what? It would have been slightly better. That doesn't matter. Like, that's what happened with Segment is we kept – well, <laughs> I hate to throw Patrick underneath the bus. Oh, nope,
0: Patrick, hope you're listening.
1: Yeah, but my friend Patrick uh, is incredibly smart and awesome But the problem is he also really likes using new stuff. And so because of that, and everyone wants to learn new stuff, but But no, it's really fun, especially uh, if it solves a lot of the problems that you commonly run into. The issue though, is if you keep switching, you never actually end up with a product. And so you kind of get stuck in a loop. You're like, Oh, okay, well, uh, I want to keep sort of innovating with these new products. But at the same time, you just never finish anything.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's probably, the, it's kind of like the stock market. The only way to lose if you, if you pull out while you're down, yeah. it's like the only way to lose if you actually throw away work you've done. Yeah. Uh, otherwise. Well, like, obviously the, so there's this sort
1: of thing within game development. It's called, um, Oh shoot. What is the term? It, it basically, I, I don't remember the exact word, but it pretty much stands for all of the code that you're going to have to dump because there's, Definitely going to be assets or code or whatever that you're just not going to be able to use. You made right. them and you just realized that, nope, it's not usable. So uh, code debt, that's what it is, code debt. Code debt, okay. Um, and so, like, you're going to have that. You're always going to have that. But at the same time, you don't want so much of it that it gets to the point where you've basically doubled your work.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah so I think that's a good... Overview of kind of mobile apps, whether to do web or native, uh, really just whatever fits your app best and whatever you can have on hand, developers or contractors, whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah, sweet All right, so one thing we do every week on this show every by every week, I mean starting this week. yeah I was to say, this is definitely a new this thing. is new. We are going to um, I guess spotlight a resource for you guys to check out if you're interested. So one thing we talked about, I th- was it our first or second episode? I don't remember. Second. We, talk- we talked about state management in an app, and basically we wanted to, uh, well, I've used oh, this one. Oh, that was one. the first episode. It was the first episode. I wanted to feature, it's called Delta. It's for iOS development in Swift, uh, but it's on GitHub, you can check it out. And why are you laughing right now? <laughs> why are you, you laughing? Okay, anyway, Liam's over here busting a smile for some. Anyway, it's called Delta and it helps you manage state in your app. We talked about some of those stuff in that episode, but it makes it a lot easier. There's a lot of, I guess, um, how would you say it? Not difficult, but tedious tasks to do with state management. So yeah, Delta by ThoughtBot on GitHub. You should check it out. So my topic
1: for today is about data and how it's sort of becoming less and less important to keep a lot of it around. But at the same time, we're retaining it more than ever. So I'm going to ask Trent a few questions about this. But to start us off, sort of even 10 or so years ago, you noticed that a lot of people, specifically like my, my parents' generation, would keep a ludicrous amount of
0: photos. So many
1: photos, boxes
0: and boxes of photos. So many that you can't find any, the ones you want. Yeah, no, exactly.
1: (laughs) You'd have to really be organized, like scrapbooking like crazy or whatever, organizing to really sort of be able to look over them in any sort of reasonable amount of time. Right. And the other problem is because it was physical, typically, like specifically, uh, I lived in New Orleans during Katrina and. I know a lot of friends that lost a lot of those kind of photos because there was no backups once they were like war damaged, like that was it. And so there's been a huge shift because just in the last 10 years or so, I've now gone from my parents basically printing out every single photo of me to just keeping it all on their phones and on their computers. And the thing is that's also backed up in the cloud. And so – you're seeing this huge shift where it's like, is this actually keeping that data around though? Because specifically, like the the question is sort of like, do you actually look at them more or less? I would really like to see a study on that if you have physical f- photos, if you actually take them out and look at them more or less than
0: if you have digital ones. right so wh- I mean,
1: what would you guess?
0: I would definitely say the physical photos because most of the times with my growing up, the only time you would start on a tangent with looking at family photos is if you happen to run across one of them and that one Uh running across that, it's kind of like how your mind works. You don't remember a certain memory or that you know something until someone triggers it. And then you're like, Oh, well I know all about that. Same thing with photos. You forget certain eras even, or like events. And then you see one photo and like, Oh, and then you go down the rabbit trail. Yeah. Just finding all these different things. But with digital, I guess, you know, people have brought things to mind, and then I have to go search for it. And searching is hit or miss. I go online and look for my photos, yeah. and I might find it. See, what's
1: funny that you mentioned that, because I was hoping you'd bring that up, is two things. First off, Google has really been pushing to sort of categorize photos in like, a meaningful way. Their Google Photos app is actually kind of incredible It is how good it is. I mean, it's, it's still not perfect, but like the ability for it to recognize faces when sometimes they're like barely in frame or like to recognize objects. So like if I want to look at my dogs, obviously it's not going to be able to recognize my face of my dog. But I can just search dogs and I'm guaranteed photos of the dogs. And the other thing is uh, – so that, that's interesting about the searching thing. It's not there, but, but I would agree because as long as you're – like it kind of takes the work out of the physical photo organization – yeah, and definitely. so that's potentially good, but it's still not
0: there yet. It's not quite as good as if you organize them yourselves. Right, because sometimes when I search something, there's times where it does fail. Yeah, oh I'll, yeah. I'll be thinking of a certain moment and it was it was a car, like a, a really funny picture of a car. Mm-hmm. And I type in car, and that should be an easy query, mm-hmm. but like it pulls up all these cars and the one I'm looking not, for is not there. Yeah.
1: And I I'd also say this is so sort of like a counter argument to the whole do you look at the foes more or less? I would say with the internet and with uploading the photos online, I, this kind of changed from data to photos, but okay. I'm using it as like a sort of way to talk about all of it as a whole. You can share it easily, very easily. In fact, like think about this. Like I take a photo, uh, share it to you guys on messenger. It's already now in the hands of four other people whether they choose to look at it or not is a different thing. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm like... You're bitter, bitter yeah. about
0: that. None of us ever look at Liam's <laughs> videos or photos. I mean, with good there. reason, because I send a lot of stuff. Here's how Messenger works. Liam sends a photo to the group, and then later, when we're actually with Liam, he <laughs> asks us, did you see the photo? Everyone 90% responds... 90% of the time. <laughs> in, in unison, no. And then he opens up Messenger and shows us the and, feed that we can all see from his phone. And then
1: <laughs> the other funny part, is, we're going on a tangent now, but is... I would say like 75% of the time they actually are interested in the photo. There's, yeah. Oh
0: no. They're always, they're always relevant and funny but or informative. That
1: 25% of the time is what everyone remembers. So they're like, ah, whatever. Exactly. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> I, sharing, is,
0: sharing is easy.
1: Yeah. Um, and so that's pretty nice. And then th- that's kind of, I'm going to use that as a segue. So data now you can share it online and you can actually post it publicly. And, I w- was talking to Trent earlier that now with like memes and stuff, people think of sort of a internet like shelf life or sort of like a dead date. Oh yeah, uh, of any single thing that you put on the internet. It used to be that people would constantly be like, if you post inter- internet photos on the internet, like they'll be there forever. But the problem is, we create data at such an incredibly high rate now that that's actually not really true anymore. I've actually tried to go and find things from like past things i've done or found before and it's nearly impossible because it's buried under so much other stuff so there's actually a uh, sort of it, it's gone like the opposite direction because yes like everything's saved but the problem is now you can't find it and it, this is becoming a problem with a lot of things like youtube specifically um has sort of like a boom in the uh early 2000s where like everyone now has access to a camera so now they can start uploading youtube videos and so instead of people with like higher production value cameras now every joe schmo can upload a video which is great because you know that means that uh it means pe- me and you can do it exactly <laughs> people that necessarily wouldn't have had the tools to do it can now do it which is awesome but at the same time you have so much stuff being uploaded that you really are getting buried under all this and it is being forgotten. Like you're uploading that YouTube videos. Oh, three people watched it. That's just going to sit there. And I would pretty much consider that data useless and
0: dead. It's gone. Yeah, Yeah, everything's at the mercy of the algorithms Mm -hmm. of YouTube. So once it's gone, unless you direct link someone to it, it's basically unlisted. Yeah. Not really going to come across it.
1: So like when I say when I talk about dead data, I don't even necessarily mean, oh, it's been deleted or like a hacker destroyed it or something like that. I'm talking about just like it straight up dies from like the the global consciousness of the Internet. Like it's just it's so uh, far gone because something else has replaced it and they keep stacking stuff on top of it. The other thing is we actually do delete data at just like accelerated rate, like specifically you, Trent. There's a question for you. Every single time you buy a new laptop, do you actually try to transfer over the files? I know you have a few hard drives, but, like, do you lose files in every single transfer you make?
0: Absolutely, yeah. I do use, I do lose files. I will transfer the working files yeah. that I'm using actively or the ones that I know I will want to preserve. There's certain videos, and uh, those, those are the ones that really end up on the big drives. But, yeah, there's definitely stuff I lose, and there's something freeing about that. I'm thinking, here's a fresh start because yeah. every hard drive gets cluttered right Stuff you don't really need I'm like here's a fresh start I'm only gonna grab the essentials and I'm moving on so yeah Yeah.
1: it's almost like there's there's kind of two ways to look at that there's so there's data hoarding where you literally like you have flash drives for everything you keep every single file I kind of am honestly bad at doing that because I do do that but at the same time this is another question for you
0: do you think it's necessarily bad that we lose that data well no Okay. because so this is on a personal level like this is an individual level mm-hmm. one person loses some data most likely not important plus it's still there if you know anything about computers or you know anyone that knows anything about computers you could always recover it do you still have the drive there yeah technically at least, yes okay for my devices they're yeah. not they're not outdated enough to be hard to get to it's it'd be easily easily swappable mm. but i think whenever you move on the stuff you lose um you're kind of admitting that it isn't important anymore Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that doesn't worry too much. I think what worries me is, um, so, like, whenever I Google search, whenever I type something to Google, looking for an article uh, or researching a topic, if it is older than a few years even, yeah. I'm probably not going to click it. Not only that, Google doesn't usually feature anything yeah. that that's too I mean, old. Yeah,
1: it's hit its expiration date. Right. Really. Right. Yeah.
0: Is there like a set thing you're just saying oh, that the, no. the algorithm doesn't? I'm saying yeah, pretty much. Right. So like I said with YouTube with with YouTube <laughs> with YouTube. Yeah. Like I said with YouTube, you're at the mercy of the algorithm. Mm-hmm. that sounds super like um, I mean, <laughs> dystopian. Yeah, the know, algorithm right. is coming after. Well, no.
1: I, but really the to cut in real quick, really though, you're at the mercy of a lot of algorithms because like Facebook, right, yeah. like a bunch of them do that and they actually control a lot of that data. Like think about how Facebook oh, brings Here's up some memories and all that hot stuff. Hot topics right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. We're not,
0: I'm not going to say the buzzword, but there's some things lingering here. Yeah. Fake news. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> but with Google, whenever I'm searching something, this is what worries me most about losing data. Mm-hmm. Data that was never meant to be lost. So me on an individual level, yeah. I just, I meant to lose the data if I moved on to another computer. Yeah. But online, there's great research out there. There's wonderful studies that have been done that are old. Old but still valid. And, of course, there's less of those than you know current ones that are valid. Yeah. But still, there's things that should be kept around, and they're not being kept around no. because they're pushed to the bottom of the stack. Which, arguably, I mean, I guess that can be a good thing. I don't really know. I mean,
1: I... R- I wouldn't say it's necessarily good or bad. I would definitely say it has pros and cons. It's just a different way of yeah. ordering the data. It's just a, like, I mean, you kind of actually mentioned this like hardware wise. It's not going to get, I wanted to touch on this real quick. It's not going to get outdated so quickly that like, because that essentially did actually happen. Uh, there was a point where like VHS comes oh, to yeah. mind going from VHS to DVD and going from uh, floppy disk to like actual hard disk that, was a big enough staff that basically probably the I would almost argue the majority of the day I don't know exact stats on that, but a lot of data was lost in that transfer. Like obviously, yeah, like bigger movies are going to be flipped over to DVD and re released and all that. But at the same time, like, okay, smaller indie films, like uh, home movies that record on VHS, that's oh, all gone. Oh, yeah. All yep. that stuff is gone. Yep. Yeah. It's like,
0: hey, mom, does VCR still work? <laughs> no, yeah. We don't I even mean, have it anymore. I was
1: about to say, you can't even buy them, like, used anymore. It's crazy. Uh, it's literally all but, like, disappeared off the face of the earth, which is bizarre to me. Because it's not like we're talking about something from 50 years ago. I remember VHS as, as long, like, basically throughout my entire childhood. Which is, that, that's nuts. It was DVD was just that quick an onset uh, that it basically there was like whiplash. You could not transfer things quick enough. There was no stepping stone. Whereas most things nowadays, like um, hard drives
0: to SSDs, yeah, it, pretty much the same thing. Or backing up your stuff to the cloud. It's yeah. like oh, you have it in this app or this app. Yeah, Every yeah. company makes a bridge to get it to a place that can stay forever. Yeah.
1: And well, that's the other thing is actually I'm wondering if that's going to continue to be the case. And what what do you think? so this is actually so this this is now a good segue. I'm wondering if we're going to get to the point where we're no longer like it's no longer economically viable or even like necessarily just uh of interest to us to actually have cloud platforms where you can upload everything. like I'm oh. wondering if like eventually Google's going to be like, uh,
0: no, <laughs> why would that be there's too much?" Why do you think that's gonna be because like not viable? I mean, we're
1: getting to the point where
0: like more and more data is
1: being created every single day, right? And if we keep uploading at this amount, like YouTube, for
0: example, data getting. Are you talking about like the end of?
1: Well, like okay, like I mentioned earlier, there's this video from 2012. It has three views. It's five minutes. Even uh, it's from 2012, so it's probably like 480p max, probably. Um, even at that, that's a megabyte or two, right? Minimum. Yeah. Oh yeah. Easily. Yeah. There's probably I I don't want to say millions, but there's thousands of
0: these kind of videos. There's pr- millions there's, probably there's, is not an understatement.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's at least thousands. So we're already talking okay, that's a few gigabytes. Yeah. And if you keep like as like 2000 of 100 like 90 years, well almost 80 80 years from now. Point is, uh that's going to be m- even more so right. the case. Oh yeah. And I'm just wondering if well, that there's going to be a point where they're like, no, why why keep this?
0: The rate at which we're creating data is exponential. So yeah. Especially if you take that into account. Yeah. No, the the typical three minute video that gets two views uh, is also going to be a, a lot, take up a lot more room because mm-hmm. the camera we view it we use is going to be.
1: As about to say yeah, file sizes are also getting larger. Yes, everything. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that, too.
0: So, you're thinking that maybe...
1: There's going to come a point. There's
0: going to come a point where data just isn't so freely handed out like that for all kinds of things. Yeah. So, you're either going to have to turn to, like, uh,
1: personal backup servers that you're going to have to maintain. Right. Which I'm actually wondering if that's going to become, like, a a thing that people have in their house. Legitimately. Uh, Especially with all the security concerns. I was also wondering if that's just going to eventually become a thing.
0: Did you hear that YouTube has become suspect to crypto mining from google it's confirmed i don't i don't i didn't mean suspect i meant victim yes yes the anyway i was gonna make the point that even the safest places are not safe so you're right i think that could be a thing where people might start turning to their own solutions for that yeah like
1: specifically i'll
0: uh say that i actually have a synology it's a
1: type of NAS. Uh, what's an NAS. Yep. Come on. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Network attached storage. It just basically means, uh, your own personal cloud. That's literally what yeah, it is. Personal cloud
0: right next to your computer. You can
1: back up everything you need. Yep. And, um, the idea is that I wanted it because I, there's sometimes clients that, uh, I've worked with that have actually concerns about security in general. And it's enough that like, if I like, for example, Project Arrhythmia is obviously backed up on GitHub. I have it on a private repo. My game, Project Arrhythmia, I should mention. Uh, but at the same time, okay, what if like sort of what culminated like in this sort of obsession with like maintaining this sort of stuff was Katrina, and uh, like sort of taking security classes at ULL, like as my uh, computer science degree as part of it really made me realize that, like, data is just so easily manipulated and stolen and just destroyed, even when we're not meaningfully
0: doing it. Like, it really is. So not just um, some malicious actor. You just mean on accident?
1: Yeah, even accidentally. Like, for example, what if – I know this is obviously far-fetched, but, like, I have done stuff like this where – Accidentally delete uh, GitHub for Arrhythmia. Like I accidentally type in a command into GitHub Bash and it just nukes the whole thing. I would be screwed. You haven't done that. No. But I'm saying, I. well, I've done that like Adobe files. Like, mm. oh, I killed an Adobe Premiere file. That Oh, I
0: accidentally crashed my whole computer once. Yeah. I had my MacBook Unibody and I <laughs> unhid <laughs> all files. And I saw, you know, so now you see the system files. Yeah. And I saw a file that I didn't create. And I didn't realize no. was, uh, oh my Yeah. God. Th- this, was, this was years ago. I was like, like wait, I didn't create that file. 32. I was like, wait, what is that? So I click it, drag it to the trash can. I let go on top of the trash can, and the little rainbow wheel pops up. All right. Everything stops. I can't move the mouse even. It's just... <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, um, what it followed was very annoying. That's pretty
1: funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, well, I mean, yeah. The point is, though, you can never be too backed up. And the other thing is there's two tiers. You can been, never be too backed up. Oh, my That's God. It. No, not in that. Well, hopefully not. Jeez. Um. But, like, the thing is, people, a backup is not you have it on a flash drive. That's not a backup. That's not a backup? No. A, a true backup. Wow. I could not tell if you were being sarcastic or not. I don't, I don't know either. <laughs> um, a true backup is when you have it in two locations on two separate devices at least.
0: Guess what? That's what a flash drive is. Oh, you mean removing it from your computer and putting it on a flash drive? Oh, of course that's not a backup. No.
1: No, no. Sorry. Let me re-clarify. Please. It's, if I have a flash drive,
0: right. I copy
1: the current product I'm working on. Onto the flash drive, leave it beside my desk. That's not a backup. Tornado hits, destroys the computer in the
0: flash drive. Wait, two locations, meaning not two devices, two geological locations? Yes.
1: So not only two locations in terms of actual where the files are stored, but also two geological locations. All right, this is bringing it to another level. Yeah. This is another level. Well, so that's the thing is cloud specifically is really good. Because if you have it on your personal desktop, unless you're using an iPhone and it deletes it from both
0: places because it's stupid. Um, oh, my gosh, dude. iCloud.
1: <laughs> it's not even a cloud. It doesn't make any sense.
0: iCloud. Save to two locations. Delete from two yeah. locations. <laughs>
1: that's that's like another topic entirely. We should t- talk about UX design in terms of that. But anyway, point is, though, cloud is, is kind of addressing that because obviously, like Google servers, they have your files in multiple places. They do. They have to. Right, yeah. Because if, for example, okay, uh, Kim Jong-un decides to nuke California because that's as far as the nukes reach. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, their data centers are gone. Well, honestly, Google might be gone. That would Okay, well, let's ignore that fact. Well, for, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's but the point data. is, their data center is gone. Are your files going to still be safe? Probably so. It's probably backed up in our data center. I don't know if that's actually how it works, but I would assume that's how it works.
0: Yeah, well, all these companies, they brag about distributing your data yeah. across multiple locations. I think that's part of it.
1: And what would be the ideal situation is where uh, individual parts of the file are backed up, like... So you don't back up the whole file to every single location, but you back up, like, uh, t- like a half of the file in one location and a half file in the other location. So if you lose one, and you, you can still can't re- use it. <laughs> well, you, But you can recover some of it. Right, I'm, I'm just... Yeah, I, I know. But the point is distributed and that's kind of blockchain like that's why it wants to oh, no. so, yeah
0: buzzword alert we'll, we'll talk blockchain. about that next time let's talk about next time blockchain i also think we should talk about you hit on um you're talking about data being uh, stolen or like how easy it was to yeah. manipulate stuff. that's a good one too that'd be fun i to was talk gonna about. say that would be fun so well, let me try to wrap this up which is yeah. impossible we've gone so many places but basically we talked about or you mentioned the fact that organizing data like say google or youtube um, the way they choose to organize it, based on how current it is, isn't necessarily mm-hmm. a bad thing. Yeah. It could be good or bad, there's just pros and cons to each. Mm-hmm. Another thing is the fact that maybe in the future we'll see those things that are like, per se, pushed to the bottom of the stack. Mm-hmm. We might have to start deleting those. If, if yeah. data becomes a problem, we'll have to actually get rid of the less relevant stuff. Yeah. Um, but once again, I mean, that's far off. Um, why I say that? Exponential rates, oh, it's hard to know. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, well, those were those were fun topics. Yeah. So uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Also, you can check out Delta on GitHub if you want. Yeah. And we'll be around next week. Yeah. Yeah. This is nice talking. Yeah. See ya.